Say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. It is uh, Thursday the 5th, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so leave it in, I'll cut it. Yeah, yeah, sure you will. Yeah, I will. Yeah, uh, it is uh, Thursday the 25th of February. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, uh, our new AFL podcast. I am Will Anderson. I am Charlie Clawson. And uh, we don't really know what we're doing, but we have been promising this for a very long time through our other podcast, TOEFOP, that at some stage, uh, we've been promising it, uh, I think, for two reasons, Charlie. I think there is a percentage of our TOEFOP audience who have enjoyed our chat about AFL football to the point where they're like, hey, we'd love if you did an AFL football podcast. And there are certainly a group of people who listen to our other podcasts who are like, could you please just have another podcast so you don't talk about that shit <laughs> on TOEFOP? So I think we're making uh, both of those groups happy. Uh, probably yeah. only one of those groups is listening to this podcast. Yeah, and we should probably just say right off the bat, uh, that we are not experts. Right. This is not on the couch. This is not footy classified. This I mean, is not not even open mic. In fact, there's a good chance that mics will not be on some of the time. Yeah, this is mics around the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> open mics around the wrong way. Yeah, look, we are definitely not experts, uh, as you can tell from the fact that uh, Charlie said off the bat, something that you don't even use in from the, the game first of football. bounce. Yes. Well, yeah, off, off the boot, <laughs> we are not experts. Um, yeah, look, uh, the idea of this podcast, it'll just be kind of, well, we don't really know, but it's... It's just uh, we, we, we went with the idea of uh, Two Guys, One Cup uh, as a name because uh, both of our teams, the teams that we support, the defining feature of our football supporting journey has been the fact that uh, each of our teams has only won uh, one Premiership Cup. Yeah. So I think actually my club, St Kilda, uh, has the record of being the most unsuccessful team in the history of the AFL. We have more wooden spoons, meaning we've come last more than any other team. So I mean, but that is if, like, I mean, that's a subjective judgment, I think, because we, we've talked about this quite a lot between the two of us, but I... I Count, counseled each other. <laughs> we have. But sometimes I've looked jealously upon you, even for your grand final losses, as heartbreaking as they are, mm. the fact that you've been able to, in your lifetime, you know, walk to the G on grand final day and at least be in the big game, something yeah. that I've never... Yeah. Never got to experience. Yeah. I mean, that is, it is, I don't know actually, because we had this discussion once about is it better to go to a grand final and see your team lose or not go, or not have you see your team there at all? You want to be there, mate. I don't know. Some of those memories haunt me. Like, and that's the weird part is the memories haunt me. Can you yeah. imagine if you were a player, like if you were uh, one of like Lenny Hayes or Steve Mill or Brendan Goddard in that, uh, uh, the 2010 grand final where right. literally. So you're naming names <laughs> pretty early on. You're like these, these three guys. Yeah. They should be haunted by the. You memories. should be haunted. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if you ever saw on the AFL website last year, they had a, um, Tissot, Tissot, is it the, the watch Tissot? Tissot, 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 Tissot sure. whatever. Tissot. Their magic moments where uh-huh. it was like, they would. <laughs> I love you got the plug in. It's the Tissot Magic Moments. <laughs> There's nothing more AFL than making sure that you get the sponsors plug away. <laughs> now let's just cross to the Mighty 10 scoreboard. <laughs> and uh, they would just sort of like take a, like a, you know, uh, it was like an ESPN sort of thing where they would talk about an incident in a grand final or a big game and then they would interview all the old players. And, oh, yeah. And one of the ones they talked about was Heath Shaw's smother on Nick Revolt in that 2010 grand final. And it's a great, like, normally those kind of, th- those stories are great because you sort of see things from both sides of the equation. Right. But there was only one side of that story, which is that 
one guy did something awesome and it was amazing for his team, and the other guy would, doesn't even want to talk about it. Like, right. let's not bring this up. It was this probably the most the worst moment, the of worst my life. moment of his life. Yeah, it was shocking. But uh, uh, that's only in terms of like crushing disappointments. <laughs> there are quite a lot, and we've talked about this as well. That how, as two people who are dyed in the wool AFL fans, right? The teams we follow are so chronically unsuccessful. What does that say about us? How does it define you? I mean, both our partners have said to us in the past, well, if it's so heartbreaking, why don't you just follow right. someone else? Support another team. Which is logical. I mean, it makes sense. A lot of sense. I mean, my dad barracks for Geelong. Oh. Can you imagine how happy I would have been as an adult? But I do wonder if it shapes you in any sort of way. I wonder if, like, you know, the, the, the reason that I've, like, been driven in the rest of my life is I've experienced no happiness through the sport that I've chosen to dedicate my life to. So, like, you know, maybe there's a balance in that maybe if we won eight premierships in a row i just would have been feet back enjoying that yeah yeah well just I, buying duffel coats the only, and uh, the only other team badges and stuff <laughs> memorial gear <laughs> like you know in this pod cave when we record this uh, like uh, it's surround like there is so much bulldog constant reminders merchandise in here like i've got years of scarves because i buy two fucking memberships and they send me like eight scarves so i've got like like i've got more scarves like it, it honestly looks like you know a room in doctor who's tardis yeah. in this house because there's so many scarves and none of them are memorabilia well, because they're, they're none of years they're that we won the Saints offered us the option a few years ago. They kind of twigged that maybe they're sending out too many reminders of the past because right. they were like, hey, you've got your membership back. Just tick yes or no if you'd like a scarf. I'm like, you know what? The 15 I have right. crowding up my closet are enough for now. Yeah, it's too much. I've got my pet membership up on the wall. It's yeah. like, I mean, it's I, at some stage, I, I mean, I, I do. you get sent raffle tickets? You know what? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Have you ever sold any of them? Uh, oh, gee, Charlie. Or do you just buy them out? I buy them out, I oh. think, yeah. I tend to write a check. I'm not sure that's the case. I know in the past they've definitely taken that option. I don't know if they actually... I don't know if in the last couple of years I've, they're, they're doing raffle tickets anymore at the Bulldogs. No, there's I reckon plot. they might be done with the raffle oh, Actually, tickets. they might be upgrading it. It might be like an auction thing now, like a kind of, you know, they'll have a... Uh, whoever the car sponsor is donate a car and you can right. sort of buy tickets to an auction, so an auction or something. I don't know. Is that I think out of the thing? Bulldogs, we just get a range of valuable things and we leave them around the western suburbs and if you can steal them you win yeah as long as you have a membership and you can steal a car you can steal one car from the witten oval car park a week <laughs> if you're a member so we're in the midst of uh, the nab challenge yeah the pre-season Pretty competition exciting. uh didn't that just fuck off really quickly the do you remember the well do you remember when the pre-season like Dermot you... Brereton like you know goes around and calls himself the five the, the, the five time day five time night you know premiership player right and so does Booker T the five time, right. five time, five time. He does, Dermot Brereton does it the same way as Booker T he comes out spin rooney <laughs> the Dermot rooney it's his take on the spin rooney <laughs> Just spins on the floor till his hair gets nice and tight. He gets down to a, like a nineties Melbourne nightclub. Yeah, he gets out on the DF with Eddie Maguire and a drink card, and he does the uh, Permarini. Well, St yeah. Kilda won a night premiership in '96. We've won a couple. We've won, we've won three in the last fifteen years or so. Yeah. But the first one was in '96, which is our first bit of silverware in uh, thirty years. And we celebrated that, like you know, it was. It, I was at that game. It was at Waverley. Like the fans stormed onto the ground. We almost like tore down a few goalposts. It was, it was, the biggest celebration that I'd seen to that time. As a, I would have been what, uh, nineteen years old. 
that was like the biggest celebration I'd been involved in as a Saint supporter, and it was the winner of the preseason competition. It was essentially around Robin Comp, where people don't even put their best teams in. Well, I remember in Adelaide, I was in Adelaide for the Fringe Festival. I remember that, and it was about like I guess it was four or five years ago when the Bulldogs won the preseason, and that was the first time I'd ever seen us win a grand final of any kind, and I was. So I was excited to a point where I was like, I don't know how I can handle an actual grand final. <laughs> and that was the, pre- and here's the thing, like at the time in my head, I'm like, no, nah, the preseason still means something. But it, looking back, that was the time around the time that like us winning that preseason cup was one of the signs that people weren't trying the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> that thing I was taking so much joy in was actually a sign that no one really cared about the preseason. Well, it was, we were so humiliated for that because we celebrate it so much that when we won the next one and then 2004, which is when Grant Thomas was coaching and we had, you know, a big crop of like great young players like yep. Revolt and Hayes and Del Santo and stuff. There's obviously an express directive from the board. When you get up on the podium, if you win, right. don't celebrate. Don't celebrate. So there's footage of it and it's Lenny Hayes and Grant Thomas looking so dour. Right. As if they've just been... You've ruined our night. Yeah. Here's yeah. a cup of cancer. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care about this cup. We spit in your cup. Yeah. There's Lenny Hayes up there and Grant Grant Thomas is doing a shit in the cup. <laughs> it is literally two guys, one cup. That's yeah. where we got the inspiration Instead from. Instead of Paul Roos, here it is. Grant Thomas is like, what should I do to this? <laughs> do you think that, do you take any stock out of preseason form? I've barely been even paying attention, to be honest. And It's weird, isn't it? Like, like, I'm, I'm, I used to be quite excited by it, but now I'm just like, hmm. I, I pretty much, like at most times, love an AFL story. Like, you know, I love the draft. I love all that shit that happens at the end of the year. Yeah. I'm pretty much keen for an AFL story at any stage, but the preseason competition, like, all I'm really caring about is please don't get injured. Don't get injured, don't get injured, yeah. don't get injured. And I hope that we have some sort of plan for round one. I mean, I don't know. How do you feel like the Saints are going to go this year? Like, what are your hopes and dreams? All right, so I think last year we won six games and we surprised a lot of people. We will pick to finish last last year. I think we finished, I don't know, 13th or something. Um my expectation is a slight improvement. I reckon two to three game improvement. So not knocking on the finals or anything. I think we'll be one of those teams that on the right day, you know, can challenge uh, like not a Hawthorne, but like anyone, anyone in the bottom end of the top eight, we'll, we could be a handful. But it's definitely a development year. I mean, our high, highest price, our high price center half back, we can't use in this year. So I don't think there's any great premiership plans are going when you don't like when you have a key component of your spine missing. I mean, it's pretty crazy that like I mean Jake Carlisle. <clears throat> so he left Essendon. Yep. He got drafted by the Saints mm-hmm. within the time that he got drafted. No, before he got drafted by the Saints, right? Yeah, I think he it was, was in Vegas or wherever. No, Miami or wherever the fuck he was, and he uh, was. That's when the video was released. He right. may have been doing that earlier. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, but they knew about it before the deal went through. That was the big thing, right? And so he was like, A... Like, A, the fact that he was like, you know, he was, I love how they still say in all the things, like, he, he had some white powder. Yeah. He was around some white powder or something that appeared to be white powder. Like, yeah. no one will actually say. And then the fact that he fucking Snapchatted it. Like, yeah. I mean, literally, you've, le- you've left one place of employment. You're about to sign with a new place of employment and you're Snapchatting yourself. Yeah. Like being around white powder. Yeah. Of any kind. Well, I think in the long run, because now, because <laughs> first that was the first hit. And, and it was then... weird that he also Instagrammed in Alan Richardson. He was like, <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, hashtag be more St. Kilda. Hashtag white line fever. <laughs> 
But then the second hit is obviously the uh, suspension because of the Essendon side. Right. But what I've read, and I don't know how much of this is true, is St Kilda saying, well, Essendon can pay his first year uh-huh. because he's still, essentially, he's not playing for us yet, so he's not a contracted player. So I think they sanctioned him for the first incident, may not be paying for the first. If he turns out to be any good, it could be actually not a bad discount. It's like a slow build, but it could be a discount. It doesn't mean that he has to serve his drug suspension that the club gave him like after he serves the Essendon suspension, or are they letting him serve point. those concurrently? I'd say that let him Because it's a club-imposed sanction. Right. So those always tend to be... <laughs> You know, it's like when the club, uh, they're going to put him into an alcohol education program <laughs> yeah. or something. You're like, yeah, he's going okay. To, he's going to anger management classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know how stringent it's going to be. Yeah. But uh, it, anytime the, the, your employer finds you. So I reckon uh, what I would hope is maybe we go up a couple spots on the ladder. What I'm looking for more than anything is for the kids who are now in their third to fifth year, because we've mm-hmm. got quite a few that we took in the Scott Waters era and stuff that were high draft picks is you want to start seeing them. Like you can't still have games where you're best on ground, a Fisher, Dempster, Revolt. Like you need to say, and there's a few players who sort of stuck their hands up. You know, Armitage came up last year and, uh, you know, Jack Billings before he got injured showed he was amazing. So that's kind of, I think most St Kilda fans are not putting too much heat on themselves for this year. But if we only win three games or we win less, if we in win, if we, win the same amount of games and I think that's a pass if we lose if we don't win as many if we lose if you go backwards if we go backwards (laughs) if If we don't win as many right uh, we've gone we've gone backwards so to summarise Charlie what you seem to be saying is if you lose less games than last year (laughs) it will be a less successful (laughs) season well I don't think I think that it's I don't think people see last year as like an aberration and that we could go either way. Right. I think after last year, people were surprised and said, oh, you know what, like Alan Richardson seems to be doing an okay job. They seem to have some good young players. They would expect an improvement. It's not like GWS where, you know, people gave them what, like a five years, you know, from when they, how long have they been in the competition now? Is it five years? I don't know. This Fucking is hell. Like, like we said, not yeah, experts. Not experts. <laughs> And enough time. They'd want to make the finals this year, I would have thought, GWS. What are your uh, expectations for the Bulldogs? It's hard to know with the Big Bulldogs, year last isn't it? Year. I mean, huge year. Unexpectedly huge year last year. I yeah. thought, like, I mean, you know, one of those years where you were just like, maybe I just won't watch footy. <laughs> maybe I'll just pretend. This year? Like, you know, like, no, last year. Oh, like, yeah, right. you know, I was kind of like. Oh, leading into the season. Leading into the season, I was like, you know, literally our captain had gone to another club and we were still paying his salary for him to play for GWS. Our captain. We were paying and our best player. We were gonna pay for him to like play for another club. Our best and fairest uh was in rehab both for his knee that he'd had a major reconstruction on and apparently in rehab <laughs> The rehab you all know. He was doing that one concurrently wow. as well, serving yeah, those two, serving his two rehabs concurrently. <laughs> <laughs> and is uh, he in the hyperbaric chamber? No, it's nitrous oxide. <laughs> he's like the only guy who's bulbing the, not, <laughs> the hyperbaric chamber. He's he's worked out a way to turn the hyperbaric chamber into a bong. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why is he training at high altitude just for his lung capacity? That's what he... 
Um, is he getting Lars? No, he's getting LSD. Yeah, right. It started with an L, and it had three letters. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he did. Oh, no, Stephen Dank shit. No, he doesn't like that, but he's got some other good stuff. Um, and then uh, we we bought a guy from GWS for a million dollars a year who, who played, like, you know, seven games or whatever. And it just looked like it was going to be our best L Brownlow medalist, Adam Cooney, went to another club. Uh, Sean Higgins, who was a brilliant player and had a great season with North Melbourne last year, went to another club. Like, it was fucking- Sean, by the way, let's just pause for a second. Sean Higgins is incredible now. He play- yeah. I watched him play. He was always a great player. Last week in the NAB Challenge. But, like, he looks like a different player. Like, he's really shed. He's his, fit. He's shed a lot of weight. Yeah. He's moving through the midfield. He's actually, like, he's an awesome pickup for the dogs. Do they pay up there for the Kangaroos? Yeah. But do they. Did, did they pay a lot for him? or was he I mean, skilled? I don't think a lot. I think, you know, you know what the thing with John Higgins was? Because he is, was a gun junior, right? Like, mate, he had, uh, he's a nab rising star, was Whenever he could get on the fucking field, he was a gun. Yeah, right. But he just had such a horrendous run with injuries mm. while he was at the club. And, you know, why he looks so good now is he just, he's managed to, like, be consistently fit and he can do pre-seasons. And he was always this good. Like, I mean, we saw glimpses at the Bulldogs. And it's it's one of those things... Like, it's rare when a player leaves a club and there are no hard feelings, but I feel like with the Bulldogs, yeah. like, people were like, he tried. Like, when he when he got on the field, he was a good player for us and stuff like that, but I could also understand why he was like, you know what, I need a change, I need to... And yeah. I'm really excited for him that he's... I mean, he's been and such it's a very, fucking and it's success. it's kind of rare. Life. Like, every year, most clubs will take a punt on a guy who was just getting injured at a club and wants a fresh start and they think their medical staff can maybe, you know, show him. St Kilda have drafted Nathan Freeman, who is a top 10 draft pick that the Pies had two years ago. Right. And touted as being like just a line-breaking, like outside player, super quick, great kick for goal. But he never played one game. And so we drafted him last year. He's had a hamstring injury already. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, that was Cyril. You know, not too long ago. Th- those players, it's like when they have that rare ability, like just a God-given thing like speed or agility or, you know, just goal sense or whatever, I think you kind of have to gamble. I mean, we gave up a first-round draft pick or a second-round draft Mate, pick to get him. If you can get it right, like, I mean, that's what the serial thing, and Hawthorne have had the fucking luxury to just let him develop and get through all those times. Remember when, like, Cyril had to Teaching how to run, run again? I know. I'm like, is it, hang on, is this I can jump puddles? I mean, <laughs> what is going on? But they rebuilt him. Better than he was. Better, yeah. stronger, faster. Like, he's the $6 billion fucking Cyril. And with the way the game is played, like, you know, with the zones and stuff, and this is what you saw in last year's grand final, is that, like, if you have a player like Cyril, the zones, like, you can be drilled with the best fucking zones in the game. Mm. They don't work with players like that because they run into the gaps. And if you aren't man-on-man on a guy like Cyril... He just you. needs 10, 12 touches and he will fucking murder you. Yeah. And that's, those players are going to be, I reckon those players are going to be more and more important the more that everyone has these, these like drilled zone, in sort yeah, of zone, like you know, defensive zones. 100%. I mean, that's, you, it's, what you need is a combination. You, everyone needs a giant key forward. Right. And then you need a live wire. I mean, I know this is, is nothing new, but now more than ever, like you, you'll see the way they set up forward lines is it's that balance between talls and smalls. Like, St Kilda has an abundance of smalls at the moment and some talls that they're developing alongside Revolt, and you can that's why we're a struggling team, because we don't have that balance yet. We either don't have support for the talls or we don't have, you know, uh, the right smalls or with enough experience or, or, or whatever. Like, when you get that balance right, I mean, Hawthorne, the scary thing about Hawthorne is they seem to have... Like, you could 
flip their entire team around so the defence are now playing an attack and it wouldn't change shit too much. It's like they have a team full of utilities. Just some of their utilities are fucking six foot four. I agree with you, though. I reckon that's what they've done. I reckon they've, they've worked on the theory that if everyone is pretty good, then everybody will be pretty good. Like, yeah. if you if you have, like, a lot of players, and they did that thing of getting a lot of their footers and stuff and people who are both sides of their body and stuff, and they just went with that whole thing of just going, like, we'll lose a buddy... But we'll pick up, like, I mean, guys, like, like their forward line is just fucking insane. Because if, like, you know, Ruffy doesn't get you, then Cyril will get you. And if Cyril doesn't get you, Gunston then Gunston will fucking get you. And Bruce, yeah. and, like, and, they're, they're, and then... And not to mention the fucking half a dozen midfielders who can kick goals from outside 50. Oh, Hodgie, fucking Sam Mitchell, yeah. fucking Jordan Lewis. Yeah. Like, and then you've got fucking, like, Frankenstein David Hale fucking wandering <laughs> down to the fucking pocket and kicking two or three goals. Like, I mean, it's crazy. I know, I know, they're fucked. So what's your um, expectations and pass mark for Bulldogs? Well, I like that Bevo said that um, that it, they, they expected to do better and that they know... That well, we were at that elimination final last yeah. year together. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, Which uh, the Bulldogs should have won. Should have won. Yeah, but there's no doubt but about that. But there was a... From my point of view, there was a total case of stage fright that happened there. Players... Because what you'd done all year that made the Bulldogs so exciting was there was a a lot of instinctive footballers in that team, like right. Dalhouse and Stringer and Bont. Like, they're kind of foot footy smart. they got footy smarts, and they're instinctive players. But then when the stakes are so high, you see those guys starting to kind of second-guess themselves and not play their natural game. Third, last quarter, they, you came alive, and then... It'd be... I mean, Bontabelli missed a couple of goals that night that I... You'd hope... You'd hope it'd be like Nat Fife in the grand final a yeah. couple of years ago, where you're like... This is just a guy who will never have a day like this again. And you hope that it's the same with Bont, that he just, like, goes, fuck that, like, you know, and yeah. becomes, like, the superstar that I think he's very close to being. But, but, but you just don't do know. A, if they do have another big occasion, I can talk from experience, Nick Revolt, like, that was the big knock on him. Right. It was the kind of goal-kicking when it counted. And you don't want to get... But also the other thing with the Bulldogs is you don't want to get ahead of yourself. Yeah. The thing that gives me confidence, like, the thing that gives me genuine confidence going into the season is... Our best players, despite the fact that, like, you know, Murph and a few of the other guys, like the older guys, had really good seasons last season, the truth of it is that our best players, the ones that, you know, could be that next core of if we are going to be, like, you know, like, because the thing about a Hawthorne is you don't, like, it's not enough to have four or five good guys. You really got to have, like, 14 or 15, like, really top liners who on their day could be the best guy on the field and that, like, you know, to win a fucking premiership these days. You've got to have, like, 10 midfielders. You know, like, you just can't have, like, three or four good guys. Most of our guys are the right age. Yeah. Like, most of them are, like, coming into the time where, you know, over the next few years, they should be at their best. And I think we've got a great coach, and I think they've been prepared well. Yeah. I mean, you know. There is second My, my ultimate fan... Absolutely. What I what I think is... You're, is not, you're not a surprise package anymore. Teams are planning for you now. They'll know exactly how we play, which... Is, but I, I think that Bevo knows that. And I think that um, the thing I like about him is he keeps mentioning Port Adelaide. Like, they're hyper-aware of what, like, Port did, you know, the year before last and then how point Port were, you know, pretty disappointing last season compared to where they should have been at. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Bulldogs definitely have that, like, kind of thing of where it could go that way. But here's what's getting me to sleep at night at the moment, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, Hawthorne won their first premiership, 1961, against the Bulldogs. They had not won a premiership before that. They've won a dozen or so. A dozen? 13? Whatever the fuck they've won since. Right? (laughs) One every third, three years, fucking whatever it is since. So, 
They're going for four in a row this year. History, right? Big stage. Horse on. On the biggest stage. Running out against them, the Western Bulldogs Football Club. The, the champions, the heavyweights, the, maybe the greatest team of all time. Up against... The pups. The pups. The kids who weren't meant to be there. The ones who were meant to finish last. The one whose captain's playing at another team. The one whose Brownlow medalist is playing at Essendon. This team up against them on grand final day with a chance to finally avenge 1961 where it all started and break <laughs> the fucking curse. That's that's what I predict this year. That's that what I, that's what I feel like. Appearance. Yeah, last yeah. time. Okay. And Hawthorne have won fucking a dozen cents. So I think us breaking them going for history would be the perfect, you know... A uh, uh, curse breaker. Kind of curse breaker. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's okay. our Hawthorne curse. And we're going to break it this year in the grand final. That's uh, my that's my prediction. Uh, what we thought we'd do um, <laughs> as a bit of a... <laughs> After that delusion. <laughs> and that's the thinking that's kept me supporting this club for 42 years. Uh, we thought we'd do like a season preview, but yeah. not with any kind of expertise We've or done no research. analysis. And, like, and, um, and often I'm But this is more of an esoteric football podcast. We're kind of... It's the vibe of football. It's, it's the, the feeling. It's the emotion of football. Mm-hmm. So while we might get facts and dates wrong and, sure. and margins and coaches and... I mean, Everything pretty much. I mean, this podcast is meant to be. You a can't fo- deny our passion. You know what the thing is, Charlie? This is a football podcast that talks about football in the way that people actually talk about football. Yeah, mostly on passion and hyperbole, and not real a lot of evidence and unrealistic predictions yeah. about their team's grand final. Exactly, but you <laughs> heard it here first. <laughs> so what we thought we'd do is just uh, run through the team list and just give our impressions of that team and yeah. maybe give a prediction on what we think sure. finish this year. First club yeah. is the Adelaide Crows. Okay. Uh, Who's the coach? Uh, oh, <laughs> well, it's not Phil Walsh. No. So, no. Uh, the Adelaide Crows appointed, he's the former West Coast. Uh, Simpson? No. That's, no, no, Simpson he's, is uh, the West Coast, Coast. <laughs> coach. Uh, he's uh, Dean Kemp. No. No, Dean, Dean Kemp. <laughs> not Dean Kemp. It's someone like that. Uh Oh my god! Should I can't believe I know that. Yeah, let's look <laughs> no. up. This is—we're not experts. I mean, who is it? It's a, it's a guy who used to play for West Coast, and he, I can't think. I know in Adelaide. Was, so he's appointed at the end of last. He year. was appointed at the end of last season, and I know that uh, the Adelaide press have been getting mad because he isn't really saying a lot at this stage. He's, okay. he's keeping it pretty low key, and it's uh, it's Adelaide not coach. it's not Ben Cousins, Don, Don Pike. <laughs> oh, Don Pike. Don Pike. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't, with a gun. Don Pike, Dean Kemp. They're both, I mean, they're pretty similar names. Both one syllable. It's weird. I'm looking at his photo, and I, for some reason, I thought Don Pike was bald. Right. With a little goatee, but he's not. No. He looks like just a normal bloke. Okay. Uh, Okay. So they're coached by Don Pike. Don Pike. They they didn't make the finals last year, did they? The Adelaide Crows, yes. That's who we... Oh, they beat you in the the elimination final. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for that start. Um, okay, so my impression is Adelaide. I hated Adelaide for a long, long time. Because yeah, of course, their first premiership was against, uh, well, same year that they broke your heart. They yeah. broke my heart in a Two big in stage. a row, mate. Two preliminary finals And the one thing row. I remember about that was that we were, like, sitting in the stand of the MCG. We were, had bad seats behind a lot of Adelaide supporters. And when they won the game... Like, my brother and I were almost in tears, and they were like, yeah, we did it, we did it. I remember one guy going, we showed Sammy Newman, and I'm like, that's, that's, that's what this is about? This, that's what this means to you? You care about showing Sam Newman because he said something disparaging about Adelaide? Oh, fuck off. Hey, and that was so... It, what, I, what I saw on that day, and look, this is totally through my own prism of self-loathing and whatever, yeah. 
is I didn't see fans who appreciated it enough. Like, leaving the ground, they were joking and stuff. I'm like, oh, that was great. And, you know, because they hadn't suffered for years and years and years like I had. I mean, Adelaide came in, what, 92 or something like that? You know what? They were, they were pretty successful straight away. Because, I mean, it was pretty much a South Australian state side yeah, when they exactly. started. And then, like, South Australia, you know, regardless of what Victoria wants to think about it, like, those South Australian that, and those Western Australian leagues were produced a lot of gum footballers. Yeah, and, 100%. And, you know, and South Australia, like, you know, that, that Crows team early on. But also the Crows are kind of your, they're yeah. your glory end of, like, South Australia, whereas, you, you know, Port, you yeah. know, became your kind of working class sort of... And I always found going to the game that Adelaide supporters were just... There was just this arrogance. It was kind of like the Collingwood of South Australia. Right. Um, but then through the noughties, because they, you know, under Neil Craig, they kind of sort of... They middled out. They went shit, and then they just kind of became middling. Inoffensive, I yep. guess, is the best term. <laughs> yep. uh, and then they had some players. They, they like, refer to themselves as the mighty Adelaide Crows, but you refer to them as the, <laughs> the inoffensive Adelaide Crows. Well, there were some players I liked. Like, how could you not like Mark Rusciuto? Right, you know? like watching him run around just belt people was fucking awesome. Yeah, I do his radio show a bit when I go to Adelaide. So I am actually doing it next week. I'll be dropping in with Ruined Dits. And one of my favourite memories from 2005 is uh, a semi final elimination final or semi-final that we were meant to, we had to go to Adelaide and we were expected to lose because we know had all our players got injured and old man Rob Harvey the age of 35 just fucking turned it on had like 30 positions possessions kicked two goals and put us through to a prelim and that for some reason you're talking about breaking the curse with Hawthorne that sort of broke the curse the fear I had of Adelaide was erased by that night I don't know what it was but it's just something about seeing you know, my most my favourite player of all time dominate on their home ground when we were meant to lose has kind of taken the fear of Adelaide away from me. Yeah, I, I mean, we had those two prelims in a row where they broke our heart and, like, Darren Jarman still gives me nightmares. But, but you know, yeah, I like to... I mean, I like when Dangerfield was there. They're going to miss him. But I like Rory Sloan and I like Tex. I reckon that, you know... Oh, Tex, yeah, I like you Tex. You know, they're, they're one of those clubs where, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want them to say... Like, and what if... I mean, coming off the year they had last year, yeah, I mean, it'll be crazy yeah. to see what happens with them. Like, the idea that... Did you... You wouldn't have been here for any of those games where they did the moment silence? Mate, I was overseas, and uh, the thing about being in America is that you're, like, you know, the day's starting earlier there, right? So what often happens is, like, I'm up sort of, like, 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever, like, you know, Australian time, you know, that's my first news of the day. So I'm just, like, flicking through the news websites and... It's like the breaking story because I think it was discovered like overnight or, you know, mm. in, coming into the morning. So it's literally just like kind of breaking in real time. And, and I'm up and no one really else is up yet. So and you're so far away and like there's no one in America that I can just like turn to and go, hey, that's how one of the craziest is. fucking things I've ever heard of in my life. Like a coach of one of our clubs was murdered. Uh, well, allegedly by his son, but you know that, that there's still a court case and stuff about that. But um, well, I think he was uh, anyway. Whatever. The, 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 <laughs> this is not this is not uh, a legal crime podcast. scene investigation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is not Law and Order <laughs> AFL. Yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, I, like I mean, I like Adelaide. I was I was. You well, know, you're over it. Yeah, I'm over you're it. Forgiven him. Yeah, I forgive. Time him. heals all wounds. Well, you know what it is. I think that if you if you have a dead coach and no disrespect to anyone, but if your coach is murdered, like for me. 
that, that wins back some. It erases like, a lot can, of yeah, past. Yeah, and you know what? Like I actually like went, it's hard for you to hate a club and be mean to a club where you're like, you know what? You, you dealt went through some hell. You dealt with that really well. Yeah, I'm actually really. I thought I thought that the way they handled it, the way they paid tribute to him, oh, and the man. way that the club managed to regroup itself and then play finals was something to very much be admired. Okay. Uh, next team is the Brisbane Lions. You go first. Oh, I mean, it's sad because I mean some of my what. Some of my favourite times in my life was watching that the, that Brisbane Lions, like one of the greatest, greatest football years. teams of all time. We went to the 2004 Grand Final to get. I together. went to. I, I, I saw there. Did we go together? <clears throat> no. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. I was at that. No, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. So I, well, I, I went to all three of their premierships, mm. um, and uh, Michael Voss at the time was my favourite footballer who did not play for my club. You know, you always have someone that you just yeah. love the way they play, and that was Michael Voss for me. They had. They were like the Cobra Kai of the AFL when they were like the, the three-peat Lions. There was so much confidence and fucking superiority and arrogance in that team. Like, it was... It, it took that kind of gamesmanship to the next level. Like, you know, the classic thing is the Nick Revolt when he uh, busted his collarbone. Right. And he chose to stay on the field, so the players just ran up and started bumping him. Bumping him until he cried. Yeah, until he cried. And everyone yeah. was like, oh, that's, that's terrible, that's terrible. And, you know... To Nick's credit and to the other players' credit, I came and said, well, no, if you elect to stay on the field, you're saying the others, I'm fair game. Right. Treat me like you would any other yeah. kind of player. But it, the <clears throat> images of, you know, Chris Scott and Mel <laughs> Michael running up and talking shit and bumping him, like, it's fucking intimidating. Like, if you were due to play those guys next week... You'd take it. You'd think about it twice before going into a pack, right? Right, and it also if you've said at that moment, see one of those guys bullying that injured guy until he cries. One of him, he'll be one of the most successful coaches in the AFL. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they're a mess, Brisbane. That's an absolute disaster zone up there. Players. I mean, can't, why would you? And like, I just don't think that it's going to work up there if they're not successful. I mean, that's a mess for the AFL. For the AFL so, is Brisbane. that the, you reckon that first year of success comes right off the back of Fitzroy? Getting the top up, getting Lee Matthews. I mean, Lee Matthews, like, I think is a start. Like, I mean, you know, again. Yeah, but they also got an injection of, like, I mean, the well, best players from that, another team. They had best players from another team. They had heaps, like, they had a, a amount of money that they could use, and it was in the AFL's interest for them to do well. Yeah. But they took advantage of all those things, and, you know, they did well. They, yeah. you know, they got the right players, and they kept them all there, and did all those sort of things that they can't do now. You know, yeah. I mean, to keep all those guys together. Can you? I mean, look at that. Like, you know, that was that you, one of those things where they made a deal. Let's take less money and well, it, it would have had to be. Yeah, because, because think about it. Brown, you've got Lappin. Voss, you've got Voss. Black. You've got Acker. You've got Black. Oh my God, like seriously, like three of those guys won Brownlows. Yeah. Acker won a Brownlow. Yeah. Voss won a Brownlow, and fucking Simon Black won a Brownlow. Yeah. You've got three Brownlow medalists fucking running around your midfield yeah. with a bunch of other guys who are also fucking gun players, like. I mean, yeah, they must have. You know I mean, what, they were getting though, more money Lee, and stuff. But and, and I know how you feel about Lee Matthews. I feel found out way. found out today's birthday is March the first. Oh, really? It's my sister's birthday. There's two AFL players I've always. I don't believe in horoscopes, but when I found this out today, I started to like rethink everything I've ever believed. <laughs> my sister's birthday is March the first, and my sister and I get on very well. She's my sister, but like we yeah. get on really well. And then I found out today that uh, Lee Matthews and Jared Healy both. Uh, share I was going to say Jared Healy's the, the other guy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Healy and Matthews. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What I was going to say is, if Lee Matthews comes to you and says, "Hey, mate." Could you take twenty five percent less, so we can build a, like 
uh, like a three-peat. I mean, you probably didn't say that. He probably said he'd no. get a premiership. Yeah. He'd say yes. Yeah, of course it's I lethal. would. Lethal. Lethal Lee Matthews. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Just send you a photo. Having said he that, just send you a photo. Having said that, three years ago, if James Hurd came to you and said, hey, can you take 25% less? I'm You'd probably go, yeah, you're James Hurd. Uh, Charlie, I think you've just explained what happened at Essendon. James Hurd came to players and said, hey, can you take these drugs? And <laughs> yeah. they were like, well, I guess that was James Hurd. <laughs> James Hurd. I mean, you know, why wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I feel about Brisbane... Same way. I think they that that era of greatness. They were amazing, and they set the, they set the tone. Like this whole thing of <clears throat> when Geelong were kind of super powerful, <clears throat> and people used to ask, you know, is it Geelong or Brisbane? Right. Since Hawthorne have come along, I've forgotten about. I don't think it's a three team conversation. No. I think it's a Hawthorne Brisbane conversation still. Like Geelong are an amazing team, but I think that it's if Hawthorne do the four peak this year, which fucking hell they could then the argument's over. But I, mean, I would I, still think of Brisbane as being as good as the Hawthorne of now. Well, it's interesting to see the way the game goes. Like, you look at all the players who end up coaching who were under Lee Matthews and you look the same thing. Like, mm. like literally, there's it, going to be a point. Like, Clarko's just signed for another three years or whatever. I think there'll be a point where it'll be Clarko coaching against <laughs> 17 of his ex-players or assistant coaches in the league. That's I mean, hilarious. it's crazy. Okay, next on the list is Carlton. Carlton. Fucking hate him. You've leaned back a little, so do you, if you just pull your microphone a little towards you... How's then, that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Carlton, yeah. I don't have any love for Carlton. No. I endured a horrible 80s. I went to Princess Park quite a bit. And they, if Brisbane with a Cobra Kai... Yeah. Carlton were like the snooty uh, frat boy kind of like... A, if, the 80s film, he had this sweater tied around his neck and drove a sports car... He was like he was the rich kid who was just mean, just Steve, mean. Steve Sanders. Steve Sanders. Early Steve Sanders. Yeah. Not before he like learned stuff about life. Shark or Sharknadoing. Well, the thing about like the thing that I would say about like Carlton is they're just they're dirty, rotten, fucking cheats. They've always been cheats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This sounds like two kids who are bullied by the same guy. <laughs> And a really reveling in finding out that at the age of 30, that guy's unemployed and lives at home with his mate. Mom. you love it. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it it's is. that guy you got bullied at high school and you found out he lives in a basement because <laughs> he fucking ripped off his work. Yeah. Well, like, they, I mean... They, they, you're how, right. They, they are the architects of their own demise. It's not like you can they, feel yeah, they sorry should, for them like Adelaide. They should call them karma They cheats. They, they cheated and fucked up, but Jesus yeah. Christ. Or they've they've paid, had, but they've drafted badly, too. That's the amazing they've thing. They've had a bad run with number one draft choices, even though... The Nick Malthouse decision, at the time, did anyone think that was a good idea? Yes. Who? Did you? No, not no. really. I mean, their big mistake was they, they had that, that, that real thing of like, you know what Carlton are? They're one of those old school companies that think that they're going to be around forever. They're mm. fucking blockbuster. Mm. You know, so they just keep doing it the Carlton way, the way we've always done it. Yeah. And then it turns out that the way you always did it was that you just like cheated the salary cap and paid players heaps of money and did it all these old dodgy ways. Yeah. And you don't know how to adapt to the modern day. And But they also were so victims of that whole sort of thing of like Brett Ratton. The biggest mistake yeah. they made in the modern era was getting rid of Ratton when Ratton was, was not doing that bad a job. It no. had a, like a list that it turned out was like nowhere near as good as what they thought it was yeah. by pretty good footy. Yeah, definitely but, not a list that a premiership coach comes in and just... But they've also had that thing and like, I mean, it'd be inter- like they had hard luck with um, Cruiser. Like, I mean, he's just been injured because mm. when he plays, he, he looks like he might be yeah. alright. Sentato helping just wasn't the star we all thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, who like uh, well? I mean, Mark Murphy's a pretty good player, and Bryce Gibbs has had some good seasons. But Swibs. 
Well, you just wonder what those players would be like in decent teams. Yeah. You know, no, I mean? actually, I mean, look, I, yeah, definitely Bryce and, well, Murphy for sure. Gibbs is a really good player, but he carries him. It's kind of like the Jack Watts thing yeah. a little bit. I think you're right. If you put him in a team where he's surrounded by confidence and, you know, really good structures and stuff that he could flourish, but the, and a big load was put on those kids very early. And, you know, some players have a lot of talent, but they're not natural leaders and they need leaders around them to kind of like, shepherd them through or shield them till they get to that point of maturity whereas I mean like I don't know we're going to move on from Carlton because because yeah, uh, we've gone longer than we thought we were like how long will it go for I was like well let's just go through the teams that'll probably be an hour so I guess we're at, like 45 minutes now yeah, almost okay. 45 minutes and I have a gig to do tonight as well so um, yeah but we we'll, get, we'll, we'll whip through the we'll rest through or do them. a parter do a two parter oh, well, one or the other okay let's see what happens yeah we'll keep our eye on the next court. on the list is a team you may have heard of the Essendon Bombers oh yeah I mean, here's what I'm going to say instinctively is oh, so glad that they're appealing because I think the one thing we all wanted was this thing to stretch out even yeah. longer. Well, a saga <laughs> goes on. <laughs> uh, they, and they, it, is, and it became the saga. Like, I think it started the off Asada, the, the crisis. The Asada or Saga? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is this, is this, Asada Saga. Are they appealing the Asaga It started decision? off a crisis and yeah. now it's become a saga. I mean, it's a saga. It's one of the... I mean, it's one of the the greatest stories you know, of all stories time. Of all time. Someone is going to make an amazing telling movie or, or a really series. terrible telling movie about it. Yeah, with more Scott, likely. With, with, as we've talked about on our other podcast, with Scott Dooley as <laughs> Scott Dooley as Scott Dooley as James Heard. <laughs> Perfect casting. Now, look, what can you say about this year? You know what? I know a few Essendon supporters, what? and they all have a spring in their step. Yeah, because. It's a fun year. Right. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. It's a phantom year. Everything's Doesn't a matter. Yeah. You know what? If we win some games, it'll be the best feeling ever. If we lose, well, that's fucking expected. Doesn't matter. Yay! You know who Essendon are? Who? They're not the Mighty Bombers, mate. They're the Mighty Ducks. That's who I oh, think. They're a ragtag they're a ragtag bunch, bunch of misfits. Put together. Yeah. Ex-players, people who'd retired and stuff. Yep. The John, coach is a, a lawyer w- who ran over someone in his limousine. <laughs> Got sentenced by a judge. Weird sentence. Weird as, punishment, by the way. As punishment <laughs> for your drink driving charge, we are going to get you to host, uh, coach the Essendon Bombers. Yeah, I don't think he was. No, I think he was in the passenger in the limousine. He wasn't driving it even. Let's not get into a well, uh, a Mighty Ducks in Mighty Ducks. Yeah, isn't that? I thought he was drink driving. Oh. I'm pretty sure he was drink driving. Oh, you know, and what? he got sentenced Sorry, by the I'm judge. Thinking if he turns up to their first training in a limousine. Because he's been drink driving and he's lost his license. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. It's more compelling that way. Yeah. No, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. In what world would a judge (laughs) go, hey, uh, you're a guy who's wasted your opportunities as a human being and you're drink driving, so what I'm going to let you do is be alone with some kids who don't have a lot of good role models. <laughs> like, it's a terror. Like, it may be a good decision for him, well, but you it's know a fucking what? big risk on those kids. It was a genius move, because look what happened. I mean, yeah, but it could have gone the other way very easily. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It could have been like, eight that's, kids molested that's the by La- drunk. That's the Lars von Trier reboot <laughs> right. of the Mighty Ducks. Lars von Trier remakes the Mighty Ducks, <laughs> where all the kids get molested. It's flashbacks years later of the kids telling their stories about how they're molested by this drunk. Oh, God, and if you thought that wasn't the most depressing thing... He had a sex move called the Mighty Duck. <laughs> and he, like, he was like, ducks fly together, and he'll go quack, quack, quack. As it, they, they can't even hear a duck quack without having flashbacks. It's horrible. So I, I'm hoping the Bombers, for me... What's your impression of the Bombers, historically? 
Uh, I, I never liked the Bombers much. Because you're bro- the Western Suburbs yeah, kind of like, My brother rivals. backs for the Bombers as well, so, like, you know, there's a bit of family <sighs> rivalry and whatever. Um, but I love James Hurt. I thought he was, like, I watched him play a lot, and uh, I remember one day at the MCG, and all I remember is him running out. Uh, oh, gee, actually, it might have been at Waverley. I'm not, I'm not even sure. I can't remember if it was the G or at Waverley. But um, he ran out and he was like leading out of the forward pocket and he had so much time between the kick and when he marked it that on his lead that he like spat in his hands and like rubbed them together and then marked the ball. And it was like one of those things where I was just like... Jason Dunstall used to do that. Yeah. Jason Dunstall used to lick his palms. (laughs) Like you talk about acts of pure arrogance, licking your palms. An anticipation for the meal you're about to receive. I think with Jason Dunstall, he just had some leftover KFC salt on his <laughs> hands from before the game, and he was just getting it off. Um, yeah, but uh, look, I'm not normally on Essendon side, and I haven't been during this saga. You know how obsessed I've been with the Essendon saga. I think I'm like the number three expert in Australia on this saga. I've read everything about it. Um, but... I wasn't on their side, but yeah. now I kind of am. I hope they win a few games. I think they will win a few games. I think they've. So hang on, you're now on their side now that they've been punished. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I and I think that the, I don't want the other players to come back. I won't be on their side then. I think as hard as this is, I think the players did the wrong fucking thing, Charlie, because they did in all those times when they were drug tested and they were meant to like tell people what they'd taken. Like it's simple on the form; you're just meant to say what you're taking. None of them ever said anything about the injections. Well, there was eleven having. players. There was eleven. Well, it wasn't the entire. Well, that was eleven who were tested. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Also, all the players who were tested all, all said the same thing. All the players who were tested ah, right. said the same thing. Like, I mean... Yeah, I mean, look, it, but, that's you know, what but, I was, you know, but you understand why people absolutely. have sympathy. No, I understand it's, it. And, and, I get it. Yeah. They did what... Like, but you're saying you don't want them to come back. No, I'm saying that, like, after everything that's happened, I think we've got to a point where they needed to be punished in this way. It's sad, but for the sake of the game, the overall sake of the game, I think there is so much doubt and so many bad things were done that we, they do need to be punished in this way. And I think they have been. And I think we've all kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that this is happening. Mm. except that they're still kind of thinking that maybe it won't. I can't see them overturning it, by the way. I just can't see it happening. And if they, if they don't, if they play with this ragtag team of people who were retired and shit, and I've loved reading about all the people that they've contacted, who like particularly the ones who are like two or three years out of the game, yeah, yeah. where they're still like, hey, John O'Brown, <laughs> how do you feel about having one more? You want to go around one because more time? Because what it is, is basically you're se- assembling a Legends match team. It's a Legends match. It's, it's EJ, a Legends match It's an EJ Wins match every weekend. That's what That's they what should have done. No, but they should have... That's what they yeah. should have done. They should have got Tony Lockett. They should have got back all those Derek ex-players. Kickett. Derek Kickett could have played. That would have been brilliant. Darren Jarman. I would have loved it. Just all the guys who've got really fat. Yeah. Like, literally... <laughs> just get... Like, round up all the guys who are just massive yeah, now. Yeah, Stewie Jew. Could they not have... Here's an interesting question, right? Isn't every player, every uh, fan's fantasy that you would get to play a game of football for the club that you support, yeah, right? Yeah. Could Essendon have uh, auctioned off to help, like, raise the funds that they've spent on all these court- you, go, you, know, you get to play one game. Is that what you're saying? The AFL's approved it. There's well, been... we're allowed to fill this list with like 12 Whoever. people, right? Yeah. Or whatever it is, like, you know, that we're allowed to replace. Uh, we're going to auction off 10 other spots. Yeah. We need two, so we're going to go and get two good players, but we're going to auction off 10 spots, and you get to play like idea. in the thing, like, you know, for a certain amount of money. But how would they pick? Is just a mm. random? They just a Most random. money. 
Oh, the biggest donor. Yeah, biggest donor. You get to play. Oh, my God. And then you get some crazy billionaire like Clive Palmer. Right. <laughs> the only people who could afford it. Clive Palmer gives them a billion dollars to line up in the ruck. Do you remember that year that Gina Reinhardt got nine brown votes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. That'd be the best. You can't tell me that some people wouldn't go, like, you know, wouldn't Gina Reinhardt. If you put all your money... <laughs> That's, that's the headline in the paper. Gina Roy's heart. And she's kicked nine. <laughs> Playing for Richmond. <laughs> Fuck. If Gina Reinhardt came to the Bulldogs and offered them like $500 million. Yeah. But you had to, this season, yeah. you, had to put, you had to put Jake Stringer on ice and she had to play in the forward pocket or on half forward, floating half forward flank down the forward pocket. Well, firstly, I think... Would you Tom, tell him to take it? Firstly, I think Tom Liberatore would have been like, I'll go on ice. And... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, different conversation, Tom. Just back to rehab, Tiger. Um... Would they... Oh, gee. Wouldn't I? Would you? You're the president. Jenny Reinhardt. One year. One year? One year. Yeah. She has to, no matter she, no matter what, she has to play. And she, and she gets capped at five rotations, so she has to stay on for most of the game. Okay. No so more than five rotations. She has to stay on most of the game. Yeah. And we're getting how much money? Five hundred million. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, you just got to take that deal. <laughs> for a, All right, okay. for a struggling club okay, like press us. Press conference. Oh, press is, conference. You're sitting next yeah. to Gina. She's wearing. She's got the bulldogs jersey stretched bulldogs. over her, and the the flashes are going. And yeah. uh, I'll be in the press. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. President Anderson. President Anderson. No, don't say that. In fucking. Are you kidding me? It's I, not like I brought, communist Australia. I brought it in. Okay. President Anderson. Yes. Unreasonable, unreasonable moniker aside. Uh-huh. Uh, no editorial, thank you. So can you just explain uh, the deal? What have you and Gina agreed to? Uh, well, basically what's going to happen is um, uh, Gina has been very generous. Uh, she's a big supporter of the club. She loves the underdog. Uh, she's a great Australian. She's made a lot of money from uh, digging shit out of the ground and she worked very hard to be born into a mining family and she's decided to repay some of that uh, to a struggling club, um, a proud club here in the AFL. Uh, one premiership, but uh, an important part of the Western suburbs and the development of the multiculturalism of the league and Gina supports that and... Uh, so she's agreed to give us $500 million, which will make us That's the, uh, uh, the talking third richest club in the lake <laughs> behind Collingwood and West Coast. <laughs> so hang on, Mr. Anderson. Uh, yes. uh, and what is uh, you the, down the front. And what does she get in exchange for the uh, donation? Uh, this uh, Bulldogs jersey that she's wearing here at this press conference this afternoon. So she'll be wearing that every weekend. Uh, and so she gets that. Uh, well, so. when you say she's uh, wearing it every weekend, yeah. uh, as a supporter, she's, you've got her. I mean, she's a big, su- she's a big supporter of the club, and she will be uh, given access to all the players up close, like uh, any VIP of the club will. She'll be able to be in coaching meetings. Uh, Anderson, now that's a question from the Associated Press. Uh, hang on, uh, you're a little off mic there, Tiger. Sorry, there are yeah. some rumours that uh, uh, that you've agreed to allow Miss uh, Reinhardt to to play uh, in the forward pocket. Is that true? Uh, well, firstly, down the front there, uh, you don't have to speak in your hands like that. You're talking on a microphone. Um, secondly, uh, that is correct. She will be... <laughs> Flashes are going off like crazy. Someone put <laughs> hand on and said, uh, President Anderson, you, you, yes. ha- you have to be joking. This is making a mockery of, 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 of all the young men who have, have trained uh, from the junior league to play football. You are going to hand 
what is one of the most coveted uh, roles in Australian sport to to a billionaire? Uh, well, as far as I can see, uh, your question is nothing but sexism and class warfare. Um, uh, why shouldn't women play? We think this is a story. Oh, come off it. I'm not saying it's because she's a woman. I'm saying you're letting her play because she's a billionaire. What you're saying is, uh, what we're here today saying is uh, that we think this is a historic occasion where we will have the first female player in the AFL in the same season we've had the first female uh, field umpire uh, following in the footsteps of uh, Chelsea Roffey, the goal umpire. I mean, this is historic. All right, Mr Anderson, uh, we also understand that Jake Stringer uh, will be put on ice. Put on ice, Tom! <laughs> Sorry. Tom LaDroy is trying to get into the uh, press yeah, conference. Yeah. Yep. Will Jake Stringer yes. be giving up his spot so Miss Reinhardt can play every game this season? Uh, yes. That How did is, Jake take that news? Uh, he took it uh, lying on $2 million. <laughs> so Gina Reinhardt just made him a little... Uh, hu- <laughs> so you would have no problem in that scenario. For $500 million. I mean, this is not... Do you not think here's what I'm saying it kind is, of I don't think we're, your club I don't think we're missing, irreversibly? No, I don't think we're missing our year. I don't think we're missing, missing our premiership window, Charlie. And uh, I think that the $500 million would be perfect for us to launch into season 2017. We should do a poll. See, any AFL supporters out there, would you take $500 million from Gina Reinhardt? But the condition is your best player or... Is Jake Stringer? No, Bont's your best player. But let's say no, you're one of your for- top three. You're full forward. You're full forward. Because she wants to play full forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's not going outside the 50, let's be honest. The one thing she wants to do that she's completely... Like she, and she's like Warwick Kappa. She screams her own name when she takes stuff <laughs> in. She's like, Gina! <laughs> Roysart! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, uh, so next team. Yes. The Fremantle Dockers. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Interesting prospect. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they've missed it. Miss, the premiership window is open. The team's premiership window. Yep. The, I yep. feel like... I feel like they could regenerate in maybe two or three years. Uh-huh. But I feel like they don't, need to, they don't need to bottom out, is what you're saying. No. I think they're like St Kilda of like 2005, 2006. When we bombed out in 2006, everyone's like, oh, well, they had their chance, right. they had their crop, but now Hamill's gone, Gehrig's gone. And then we got Ross Lyon in, regenerated, and had a crack. I think they've got enough talent there. You're going to lose like a Pavlich, and you're going to lose a couple of older players at the end of the year. I don't think they're going to win. I don't think. I think. I don't think they'll even be top four this year. They'll make the finals, I would yeah. say. And they, look, you know, you, it wouldn't surprise you because Ross Lyon teams always are kind of in the mix. But but I agree with you. It does. It, it feels like you're like, who have they got that's new enough and good enough that's going to. Yeah, take them up to that next level. Yeah, well, I think they've they've actually got a gold mine of talent, but they're they're, they're not. They've got too many like legends in kind of key roles who have only got one or two years left. You know who they have taken though, who could be fucking anything as Harley Bennell. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you know, and if anyone's going to straighten you out, it's fucking Ross Lyon. Ross Lyon, right? Lyon, right? The scariest. Him or Alistair Clarkson? Who's scarier? And apparently, he's been flying in preseason. Like, oh, he's training the house down. <laughs> he's the fittest he's ever been. <laughs> Is that what you've read, Will? <laughs> oh, I don't know. What's your impressions of Frio? What's your vibe on Frio? Oh, I, I mean, love Frio. I like Frio. I don't. I mean, really? I, I love the giant penises on the stadium. Like I've got to say, every time they play a game there, and they've got those white giant dip, fucking white inflatable penises up there, I, I do enjoy that. Um, but no, I'm. Yeah, you know what? 
You're ambivalent? Yeah, I'm a bit... I love Nat Fife. I reckon Nat Fife's a jet, and I like watching him play footy. But, yeah, I, I don't get a lot of excitement out of Freo. You I've didn't love say. it when they went the grand final, weren't you cheering? We were there. Yeah, we, we were there. Game. But I was going for Freo that day. No. You wanted to see Hawthorne, didn't you? Yeah, I think I did, actually. Interesting. If I'm, if I'm honest. Let's move on to the Geelong Cats. Vibe, and then... Whatever. I mean, I love the cats. Do you? Fuck you. I love the oh, cats. I hate the cats. The cats just play footy how, like, the cats to me... Footy are, should be played? Yeah. <laughs> the cats to me are Jimmy Bartel. Like, it's just like that sort of dude who's, like, totally good looking, but, like, you'd also want to be best mates with him. You don't hate him. He doesn't quite look like he's trying that hard, and it just he's fucking got quite, awesome. quite magnetism. Yeah, at all times. Yeah. Like, a real fucking just, like, I think that's what Geelong are. Like, I mean, I wish that I could hate them, but I love those. I, I just love the way those Geelong t- teams played football in the era that they won. That's why Hawthorne's great to watch as well, is, like, they play entertaining football yeah. and they capture your heart in that way of like because everyone copies what the premiership teams do and when teams win playing like you know the Geelong way or the Hawthorne way and everyone starts playing that way you're kind of like oh well this will be a good exciting time for footy you know mm. I uh, I think I just because they came up at the same time as St Kilda yeah. there's real right I mean I can understand that so they became the bizarro world of St Kilda everything that went right for the Cats went wrong for us and we like, because there was a, it's been in the press before. It's like a bit of a, you know, and when they talk about the rivalry between the two teams, we were both coming up in 2003, 2004. All the press was on the Saints, saying fucking Del Santo, Revol, Gehrig, Hamill, these guys, you know, this is the team to watch. And apparently the Cats players took real umbrage with that and always thought they were better than the Saints and so took particular pleasure in dismantling St Kilda. And just knowing that's how they thought of it, oh, fucking boys, makes me so angry. And 2009 too, that was the grand final we should have won. If we'd won 2010, we would have stolen it from Collingwood, but we dominated. We just could not kick straight. Like, oh my God. I just, sorry, I'm just having a flashback. <laughs> I had, it's like, because I, 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 uh, I got tickets through Lemo. I was Lemo? Yeah. yeah, Lemo helped me out. No, that's not what happened. Have I, I've told oh, this story before. Well, you can tell, no, but you can tell it on this if you want. So I, uh, I didn't have any grand final tickets, and Lemo said to me, oh, I'm going to an AFL party on the Wednesday night before the granny. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, there's bound to be someone there who right. can get me some tickets. That's your place. So I'm talking to the chairman from the Brisbane Lions. I can't remember his name. And uh, he's like, well, you're a big fan, so you're going on Saturday? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't have a mm. ticket. And he's like, oh. He's like, well, you know what? I'm uh, with the, you know, the president's table, so um, you can just take my seat. I'll just stay inside of the president's table. And I was like, oh, is that okay? And he's like, yeah, sure, sure. And he calls over Gil McLaughlin to ask him if that's all right. And Gil gives me this like up and down, very cynical. And he's like, you're a Saints fan? Because Gil's a Saints fan. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, name me the last five captains. And so I did. And he's like, all right, call this number. And so he gave me this fucking like... <laughs> Willy Wonka golden ticket. <laughs> Which Next is day, call this number, and it's just this little little room yeah. in the Docklands where you go, and they hold on to tickets for yeah. fucking rabid Saints fans. Their panic room. So I ended up sitting. Uh, uh, I, ended, well, I gave that ticket to a mate of mine, and ended up, who was a Saints supporter, and Lemo got me a ticket. So sitting in at that game, <laughs> what? Which is technically totally against the spirit of what happened. No, it's not. My mate is a bigger Saints fan as I am. Right. I, I could vouch for But they didn't pass that ticket on to you to go, give it to whoever you want, Tiger. I, well, it was I given think to you. the spirit of it was a Saints fan, a okay. Dardenable Saints right. fan. Uh, <laughs> so I took Lemo's ticket as well. And uh, where we were sitting, there was a whole bunch of Channel 10 celebs, I guess Lemo's doing before the game at the time. Uh-huh. Fucking George Danikian is sitting behind me, right? Yes. Lovely guy chatting before the game. Sure. So in the second quarter, St Kilda is dominating general play. And we have 
three shots on goal that if we kicked them would have put us almost 30 points up by half time and we missed all of them directly in front. So each time you miss, as you know from last year with fucking Bont, you're like, oh, okay, that's all right. Next one. You missed that one. So your stress is building. By the time we missed the fourth one, Danikian is tapping me on the shoulder saying, you can't miss those in a grand final. Bad kicking's bad football. Uh, I mean, Danikian always there with the news. I was like, fucking hell, George Danikian. Take a day off, all right? I'm sweating. I'm sweating. (laughs) Take a day off, Danikian. But the worst thing about that grand final was... The, the toe poke, the famous toe poke. Yes. If you if a millimetre of that moment changed, you actually would have had the most spectacular story for St Kilda because uh-huh. what happened before that play. So what happens in the play is that the ball is kicked out of Geelong's back line. Gary Ablett is on his own in the middle and the whole crowd screams because they know when Buddha, little Buddha gets it, it's going to be a goal. So you see Zach Dawson see this, leave his man from 30 metres away and bolt. The ball is coming down. Looks like Gaz is going to gobble it. Zach Dawson, the last minute, just leaps, punches a ball out of Gaz's hands. In the meantime, you've got Cozzy and Matthew Scarlett running towards the ball. For this moment to change, all that needs to happen is for Cozzy to get one or two metres in front of Scarlett and for the ball to pop up into his hands in which he can wheel around and his left and kick it down or hand pass to a runner, whatever. But what happens is the ball falls just in front of Scarlett and he sticks the toe out. Like, it was nothing. Sliding, sliding doors. This and killed a oh, story. I mean, basically God. what you've just described is the theory but of quantum Dawson mechanics. But could have been a grand final hero. That could have been yeah. his Leo Barry moment. And in some universe somewhere, if you believe quantum mechanics, he is. No. I don't there is a Zach Dawson Zach universe Dawson. where he was the <laughs> norm. He was the, the Norm Smith medalist. <laughs> no, he's the exception. He's the, <laughs> the black exception. hole in the Matrix. <laughs> There is no universe where Zach Dawson got that right. So once you've been through that, you have a thing against Geelong. Gold yeah. Coast Suns. Jeez. Uh, okay. That was a train wreck last year. I mean, I feel like they're going to lose their players. You know what you were talking about before about, like, you know, keeping your players and Brisbane's great success. I feel like, I mean, there's talk right. O'Meara wants to come back home. I yeah. mean, they can't afford to lose those guys. No. They've got a list last... chock full of talent. But, like, even... What yeah, do you lost... getting Rodney Eade? Gee, I mean, Rocket was all right at the Bulldogs. Yeah. I, I thought it was a good... I thought it wasn't a bad idea when it happened, but now I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's they, like, weren't, they, weren't, they were like the, Carl, the Carlton when they got Mick Malthouse. They maybe thought they were a bit... Well, they thought they were going to play finals. There's no doubt about that. I have no feelings over Gold Coast. If they beat me, if we beat them... It, doesn't stare any emotion. You know, the only thing it would be for me is that, like, I've always been a bit on the Ablett side. That, like, you know, he is probably the, you know, the best player I've seen in the in the modern era. And that idea that he could take them to some sort of success before his career was out, I think, would be a really fitting second chapter to his career, and yeah. a deserved one, I think. Yeah. Don't think it'll happen though. No. GWS Giants. I like him. Yeah, I like him. All right. Jeremy I- Cameron mainly. Fucking incredible footballer. Well, I mean, he's... Like, a, what a gun. You know, he's what I'll say. Like, I mean, I absolutely agree with you that he's an absolute jet, but I I thought he was hit and miss, miss last season. Yeah, like, he, he needs to play better in games when he's not doing so well. He like, you know, kicked about 40 goals last year, didn't he? Yeah, but he, like, he's, he's great in games when he's on fire, but when yeah. he's not playing well, he drops his head a bit, and like, last year hard. was a bit... But 
I loved Leon Cameron when like he was one of my favorite players at the Bulldogs and like I hope that he has like great success and they've got a bunch of jets although um fucking diehard villain going home that's is weird like, right yes that's weird go home factor yeah Cam McCarthy Cam McCarthy is who, who we're talking we, about because we uh, last year there when, was a, a Dave Anthony offered Will and I up as a uh, like a Kickstarter reward without yes. really telling us. And that reward was to take some Walking the Room fans? Do- uh, or Dollop fans? Oh, something. Some fans of his. Something fans. To uh, see an AFL game. And so we went to the Saints versus um, uh, GWS. And there was this long-haired forward who looked like a bad guy from the first Die Hard. Long yeah. blonde hair and a ponytail. It was a gun. Turns out he's an absolute jerk. Went on to have an amazing season. Had a great season. But So what's the go-home factor? Well, I mean, I think he wants to go back to Freo, but he's got two years on his contract or whatever. Uh, but he's out with, like... Uh, How hard do you... Behavioural or just, like, or... Like basically, when they you're, kept, when you're kept saying his mind wasn't in it. How but, hard do you fight when a player wants to go home? I mean, I mean can the, you change them? These days, no, these days, I don't think you do. No. I mean, I think these days the thing is you just you don't want to be like what St Kilda were with Luke Ball. That yeah. was almost the end of it, I reckon. Luke Ball wasn't it with Luke Ball? Didn't they get like? Didn't he go to Collingwood for? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. fuck all because yeah. you know so, yeah. They, they couldn't make a deal. I think these days they just go if someone really wants to fucking go. Well, Tom Boyd, classic example. Well, yeah, just make a fucking deal. You know, yeah. so but you've got a posture. There's a fair bit of fucking pride. Well, I think with uh, like clubs like GWS, like if, if you let them start to bleed out, and the same with Gold Coast, everyone will fucking go home. You need yeah. to keep a bunch of them. You know, you need to get. But I think GWS have had like, I mean, a lot of their guns have signed like you know mm. ongoing no, no, that, contracts. I like, think so, and, and they actually seem to be a bit more cohesive than the Suns. Yeah, I agree. They definitely have the arrogance. That's what everyone commented on early last year, is they don't mind fucking back-chatting nah, they reckon, players with, yeah. like, three times their experience yeah. and shit. They act like a bunch of guys with top-20 draft picks. Well, uh, and Nick, uh, Callum Ward is a uh, is an absolute jet. He played for the Bulldogs. Yeah. He would have been a great Bulldogs player. But, but he, uh, you, know, he, you know, he's an absolute jet, and I'm glad to see he's doing well. How much money do you reckon he was on? Callum Ward? Yeah. He got a fucking hate. Like 800s? Like, it was one of those things where no one at the Bulldogs even resents him going because it was just so That's much fucking money man. that they were just like, I think he got $500 million <laughs> from Gina right now. He's got to sit out for a year, though. Hawthorne, what? Well, they could win four in a row. Ruffy's out, though. That'll, that'll <sighs> hurt him a bit. like, I mean, I want to fucking hate him. It's I want to. It's hard to hate it's him, though. You, it's like hating The Rock. Like, how do you hate someone just, who just does it just so well? Just being great. Yeah. Yeah, for just being the best. Consistently being but the best. But it's their fans, Will! It's their fans! Wow. Oh, God. Look, it's it's hard to hate them, though, because they do it the right way. You know? Yeah. It, they're a good team. They're, like, you know, they've got a lot of fucking great players, and they play fucking good football. They're, I mean, it, the law, it always set, like, eventually you can't be that good forever. You know, eventually it just oh. catches up with everyone, but... Yeah, but they've just... I mean, I can't tell if they've had exceptionally good recruiting or if it's They've Clarkson had great, or great recruiting. And Clarkson's obviously a fucking I mean, they lost visionary. Buddy Franklin and got better. Mate, but the, the, the thing about the Buddy thing, and this is why I think like you've got to give Clarkson a lot of fucking credit, is yeah. that he transitioned for that a year before. Like, that entire last season. Like, Clarkson knew that... Like, in that world, you know, where Buddy was like, I haven't made up my mind where I'm going. Clarkson knew he was gone. And Clarkson planned. Like, he rejigged the entire team so that, like, when he went, there wasn't a big fucking giant hole down the front. It's crazy. So what's your historical vibe with Hawthorne? Oh, as in because, like... Well, how do you feel about him? uh, You know what? I've always liked Hawthorne. Me and Howie, Mark (sighs) Howard, my friend... uh, Like, so the first grand final I ever went to was 1989. So, like... 
me and Howie went to that grand final and I sat in the Hawthorne members. I was actually supporting Geelong. I was going for Geelong. But, you know, but it was almost the perfect result because, like, Ablett kicked nine and, and you know, uh, I was in the Hawthorne members and they won. So, like, it was fun. But, no, they're just – but, I mean, how can you not even like that era of Hawthorne? Like, you know what I mean? Well, okay. Like, Dermy and Dunstall and Platten and Dipper. and the 80s era endear Hawthorne to you but make you hate Carlton? I don't know, but it does. It does, right? I mean, because right. I, I, I went to high school with Michael Chamberlain, so from the age of 10 or 12, I always had him lording Hawthorne over my fucking pitiful St Kilda. Like, right. He used to just he used to get into my head, Michael, as like a fucking 13-year-old, would tell me shit about being a one-man team, like the Saints are a one-man team, and yeah, you know, between us we'd have fucking nine premierships. And I'm like, oh, stop it! <laughs> with your track record, track, track record of success. Right. And your professionalism and your ability to find great players from all across Australia. But the thing that we like kind of forget is in between that massive era, that like championship era of the eighties and they whatever. They almost folded. They almost folded. They wouldn't almost not a club anymore. And then they came back and they're the champions Tassie, of this era St. as well. St Kilda was in Tassie before Hawthorne and we were like, This fucking sucks. <laughs> this will never work and we pulled up stumps, even though we have a long tradition of Tasmanian Ian Stewart was a Tasmanian, Daryl Baldock. Right. And we upped stumps. Hawthorne are like Oh, hey guys, I yeah. uh, want to form an alliance? Fucking 50,000 right. members. There you go. I mean, it's crazy. Why wouldn't you sign up? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Melbourne Demons. You may have heard of them. They were once a proud club. I um, uh, went to the Richmond North Melbourne final last year and sat in the Channel 10 box. Mm. Uh, thank you to Russell Howcroft for looking after me. Uh, uh, Is it Richmond North Melbourne or Richmond Melbourne? Richmond, North oh, Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, you know, that final, the night after we went to the footy and watched yeah. the Bulldogs game, I went to the G the next day and I was in the corporate box there, the 10 box, mm. and uh, Ricky Ponting and Peter Siddle were there. It was, it was, it was pretty fun, but also Paul Roos, the coach of oh, Melbourne, yeah. was there, and so I had a bit of a chat to Roosie about Melbourne and where they're at. I'd like to see Melbourne. I've always had a soft spot for Roosie, and I'd, I'd like to see Melbourne have some success while he's still there, but it's hard to see it. It's hard to see they're them. A, they're a curious study. <clears throat> Melbourne, because again, in the 90s, Melbourne and St Kilda and Geelong were kind of all sort of rivals. You know, Melbourne had Neil Danaher for like nine right. years and kind of, they made a grand final and then they were kind of threatening. They were actually a pretty good side. Yeah, they were a good side. But then they had that one year where everything seemed to go wrong with all those right. injuries and shit. And it's kind of bizarre. Like, they, it, it's almost as if they have post traumatic stress disorder. Right. But like you kind of feel like that club. You know, Carlton may be the same. Got so badly fractured by what happened in that decline. They lost a bunch of, like, experienced players and then Neil Danaher got sacked. And it's like they culturally have lost, like, self-respect or pride or something. Like, Well, you lose an entire era, though, because the problem is it's like with Carlton, like, the, one of the things, like, you know, because Silvani's gone back there to recruit for them. But that was hard, apparently, for that club because apparently there was a lot of bad blood at, like, Carlton over Silvani kind of... There's contract like, issues. Yeah, right? do, with the contracts and, like, the salary cap and all those sort of things. And it's like, yeah, that shit, like, you know, is hard to... Like, I mean, I imagine at, Mes- at West Coast with the drug stuff yeah. and at Essendon after this stuff, there's going to be those, like, lasting repercussions where well, people can't... After St Kilda lost the 2010 Grand Final, like, the next season, you could see that they were shell-shocked. Like, the players just looked tired. Because think about it. You fronted up, you know, fucking worked your guts out, sacrificed so much, put up with injury, put up with fucking, like, intrusion from the press, blah, 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 blah. And then it's nothing. There's no right. result. 
Like, how the fuck do you front up to preseason? Like, think about it. Yeah. You've had a pretty good career. Yeah. You've played some big stadiums sure. and stuff like that. But imagine if, like, at the end of it, out of one of your shows, <laughs> instead of everyone clapping and cheering, everyone just fucking booed. Oh, uh, man, I, I imagine how, that's how it'll end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel sorry for them. Yeah, I do. I, I actually do I enjoyed the decline, I must admit. I had a bit of Scheidenfreude. Yeah. I enjoyed their decline for a bit, and then it got it got kind of dark. Like, yeah, it's sad. It just got kind of. And I think they've got a couple of decent enough players and stuff. There's some guys there that I like. I'd like to see them have some more success. Yeah, but it feels like an. But I don't know. Show, I mean, Hogan's the. I mean, if Hogan, if, if they, they can, can get keep him, sign. But well, they've put off contract negotiations now, Charlie, oh, which is not a great sign. Collingwood. I mean, I so think Collingwood. I think he's still. Sign. No, I mean he's West Australian. Uh, so I think you're fucking yeah, hell, man. Yeah. You always just. I mean, if you were either of those Western Australian teams, you'd just because they're both fucking rich. Yeah, you'd just be like getting a truckload of fucking money and saying, "Hey, come home." Yeah, I mean, he's charismatic as fuck. He's like such a good player. Yeah, and yeah. Are you talking public speaking as well? Or just as oh, when he won the Rising Star last year, I saw him on um, uh, AFL 360 or whatever, and he's cocky but in, but in that, a good way yeah in that way that everyone fucking loves yeah. like in that John O'Brown yeah. sort of like you know just good very sense of humor very comfortable with himself <laughs> uh, North Melbourne I mean I was I, everyone likes North Melbourne yeah I always kind of like shin bone of spirit and all you that you know what shit. yeah <laughs> but it is that's kind of what you like They're like, yeah. but you can't say him winning it like I can't see them winning it with the the list that they have, but like if they did, I think every year they like like you know what they done... could they could they could really they, can yeah. you see that North Melbourne in the same way their best player is still Boomer Harvey and he's ninety. Uh, I don't think your best player no, can be ninety. No, I think Swallow's their best player. Do you reckon that Swallow is a better player than Boomer Harvey still? Who won their best in Paris last year? Can you Google that? Is that uh, in twenty fifteen? Oh no, Todd Goldstein. Okay, that makes sense. You know he would be their best player. Hang on, so Todd Goldstein. Oh, yeah, he had a pretty good season. Yeah, so, the, so all right, for the does, last does five say, years with yeah. So from uh, Todd Goldstein backwards, yeah. Ben Cunnington. Oh yeah, he's like a Chapman type yeah. player. Scott Thompson and Daniel Wells. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Swallow. Yeah. Daniel Wells and Andrew Swallow. Yeah. So Andrew so Swallow's been their best player. So, yeah, but that's but literally the class, the best class player in your team is still Harvey. Like, when you look at that list, they're all decent enough players, but you're not talking about... Like, I mean, well... Wells, Harvey's Wells been a good if he could, the 90s, right? Yeah. He didn't win his first best and fairest until 2003. That seems late. Uh, he wasn't in 40. He was in a team with a guy called Wayne Carey for a fair while, mate, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I remember him winning the EJ, Mitten, EJ Witten medal, though. Oh, the, the EJ Witten Mittens. EJ Mittens. EJ's Mittens. Yeah. Uh, EJ Witten medal in uh, in the state match. Mate, I think it was the yeah, last state it, game. And it was in the, it wasn't in the Superstar state match. It was in the one where like Lockett and oh, yeah, Dunstall and all that. This. Wasn't it that one? I don't know. It was. Um, North Melbourne, yeah, I, I like him. I guess that era in the late 90s, they were pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean, they were amazing. That amazing. Was, they, they were kind of... it was The style of football they played, that kind of Pagan's Paddock thing, was pretty awesome. Just yeah. fucking 
clear out all the players from the best player. Yeah. And let him go one-on-one. I mean, it was essentially the opposite of what they do now, which is, like, spread all the players across the fucking field yeah. at all stages. But, yeah, this was just, like, kick it at one guy, but it was great. I never feel too bad with North Melbourne beaters, no, even though no. they have heaps more premierships. I feel like they'd be... Yeah, but also I feel like they're kind of still like us. They're, like, a struggling, you yeah, know... Yeah, well, like, they almost folded, too. Yeah, exactly. They're almost they're the fucking Gold Coast uh, kangaroos. There's been a bit of a talk over the years of North Melbourne Bulldogs, like, mergers, Major. but... I wonder who we would have merged with, because they talked about us merging in the late 80s, but Hawthorne maybe, I guess, I don't know. What's another southern... Yeah. I mean, we could have merged with Essendon. We could have taken over Essendon. Well, that'd you know be awesome. <laughs> but we could have just got, like, you know, we're close. We're right there. You have access to the best drugs in Australia. Yeah. Uh, Port Adelaide. Oh, hang on, sorry. Predictions for... Um, Melbourne and North Melbourne. Oh yeah, well I think that you know what we haven't done predictions for any of that. Predictions for <laughs> predictions for uh, Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Fremantle, Geelong, Gold Coast, GWS. Sorry, I don't know why I threw that in as if we've been doing it every one. Yeah. So lock in your prediction like we have every time. <laughs> no, but I think North North could challenge for the finals again. Melbourne at best, if they like, if they were a few games out of the finals, they would feel like they'd had a pretty good season. I think North. North, I think, like, would want to make the finals again. I mean, North... I think North should be top four. If North don't play, make the top four, that's probably, like, a waste... Yeah, a fail for them. Okay. But I don't think they will. Port Adelaide. Now, this is interesting, because this could be the Bulldogs. I reckon Port will make the top four. I reckon reckon they get their shit together? Yeah. I reckon Port are a good side. Did they sack Tinkley? No. Okay, still there. Uh, towards the end, why did you say that? Is it fucking? I should know. Well, I mean, like, it would be pretty fucking harsh if a guy who took them unexpectedly to superstar success one season and then had a slightly disappointing but only missed the finals by one game follow up <laughs> season got fucking sacked. Like that would be tough. Now, I just think that they were pretty good by the end of Stan last Howell's season. Got sacked after taking us to an elimination final. I mean, yes. Look, people have made terrible choices in the past. I'm not. I'm not saying they haven't. But no, I think uh, I reckon Port are going to be good. That was good. How good is Chad that was good toward the end. Is he your end favorite life. small forward? Oh, I mean, apart from Cyril, yeah, but he's like he's a, fucking awesome. He's fucking awesome. You know and what I he reminds that- me of, especially in the port colours, is Wanganine. He's yeah. got a kind of bit of that Wanganine, but he's got the arrogance. Like he actually wants the ball kicked to him. He loves being one out. Well, also I think it is like I've heard him interviewed a few times, and he doesn't. He's not a student of the game. Really? Like he, yeah, he's not like a real studier of like the you know the sport and like the stat taxis and stuff. Yeah, he, he doesn't know much about like other players and stuff really? as much as he should. Like yeah, and it's kind of I think he has like that sort of like you know if you were like making one of those Hollywood uh, is a savant like a yeah a TV <laughs> show about like a savant like he's a football savant. He's monk Chad man. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely going to kick six goals. Definitely yeah. going to kick six yeah, goals. Yeah, I think there is. I think. <laughs> I um, kind of have a bit of a dislike of Port, mainly because they were our bogey team yeah. for most of the last decade, even when we were very powerful and they were very... I didn't used festival. to like them, but I like them now. I like the way they play. I They're... didn't like them when they won their premiership. No, I mean... I never liked Mark no. Williams coaching them. No. The whole thing about, you know, that, that whole... No, uh... I didn't get on board with any of Oh, I hated shit. Warren Treadray. Oh. Like, I he's mean, the, like the anti-John O'Brown. Right. Like, John O'Brown has cocky and arrogance, and I thought you love him. Trojo does the thing, you're like, you're a fuck with mate. Stop right. that. <laughs> Turns out he's actually quite a nice guy in Is real he? life. But, yeah, I met him a couple of times. Ah! And, I, like, I had that thing of, like... Going, but did you think he was going to be a dickhead? Oh, yes. <laughs> totally. I took that into it. 
But yes, he was all right. Oh, okay. But um, but yeah, no, I hated that era too. But I, I like the way they play now, and I love Ken Hinckley. I love that like a guy who just you're like a, you are a cat supporter. Yeah, deep down. Well, I mean, also like watching them with my dad and stuff, and we he always yeah, loved right. Ken Hinckley because Ken Hinckley is like a but also he's a fucking country guy yeah. with a fucking mug's head. He, and, like, he, he was, he was the he uh, he was the classic dower defender. Right, could take a hanger yeah. as well. I could take a specky. That was the great thing though. Yeah. Like, he, but he yeah. was dower. Yeah, shut down. Looked like a farmer, but could take a specky. Like yeah, if he yeah. came down with a bottle of milk, yeah, especially. <laughs> okay, uh, the Richmond Tigers. Now, who fucking doesn't love Richmond? I would say they're probably one of my like top three teams, to, I, I, uh, just in terms of everything. I love to see them do well. Yeah, but I also love the explosions. Love the fact that the rings just implode, they time, implode and time, time, again. time and time again. Yeah, yeah. There's something nice about it. it they're the Charlie Brown of the AFL, right? It's like beautiful losers. I mean, but it's also that thing of just like, you know, they're, they're people that you just go, yeah, this is the year. And it's always a story. Nothing, never boring. I Richmond, have, never boring. Culturally, I find Richmond very similar to St Kilda supporters. Uh-huh. Like, all my mates are Richmond inner supporters. Inner city. Groovy inner city. But kind of, there's a bit of rock and roll kind of element yeah. to it. You know, Definitely always been a rock and roll element to both those clubs. Yeah. <laughs> always a couple of guys with long hair who do very well at the disco yeah, afterwards. Right. Yeah, very much so. Um, but there is this also, this kind of self-loathing. Like, I all, when I think of like, because I can name like, think of friends of mine who are calling supporters and like, dickhead. You know yeah. what I mean? But all my mates who are Richmond supporters, I can't think of, they're all teddy bears. Like, right. I like all of them. <laughs> there's a kind of like, oh, Richmond, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know any arrogant like in your face kind of fuck you four premierships I mean, Michael Chamberlain I'm talking directly to you but I think that Richo's a great example of that because like one of those guys yes, that like Richo a, was everyone's he, favourite he was that, cl- right. he was that club yeah. personified yeah. 100% yeah. legend like could be could be brilliant then could kick it out on the fucking floor and everyone was still like yeah. Richo the best thing about <laughs> Richmond is you can look at their forward line and go is that a forward line or should those guys be playing at the corner hotel oh, totally. on like a Friday night yeah. with their they're, shaggy hair yeah they're in, oh, this is our indie band it's called the Richmond forward line <laughs> we're the Richmond forward line just stick around we'll be doing a couple of songs after the break <laughs> uh, okay uh, so what do you reckon will happen with Richmond this year because they have bombed out of successive final series without a whimper Something now. Okay, we're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. This is the moment where the players, when they run out for the first dun, final, whether dun, it's dun, a fucking dun, dun, semi dun, or a dun, knockout dun, or whatever, dun, 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 dun. they're going to think about it, right? right. It doesn't fa- matter how far ahead you are, you're going to think about it. It's kind of like when the Bulldogs got beaten by St Kilda last year, when they were 56 points up. Yep. That then puts doubt in your mind when you play a team next week. If you're 30 points up, you're like, well, St Kilda came back, so. It, you can't ever get sort of comfortable. The players get on edge. In fact, Dennis Committee will often say getting that far out in front can actually be worse for your team's like focus than if it's a 20-point 20, 20 margin. I would like to see Richmond do well, and I think it would be good for the competition for Richmond to do well. Yes. Like, I love when Richmond are up, and their fans are great, and the song... Who doesn't love the song? Who doesn't love the song? Yeah. Like, you love... And, like, you know what? I think that it would be amazing if Richmond really genuinely made, like, a proper run towards the premiership. I think it would be great for the AFL. But... But I I just don't think it's going to happen. Do they have the cattle? I just don't know if they do. I just don't know if they have a good enough team, and I don't know if they've got... Okay, let's and, go, let's go and through I their lo- guns. Uh, a Revolt. Cochin. Cochin. 
And um, Cochin was terrible in the finals last year. And I love Cochin, but I'm not sure that Cochin is that sort of grab the game by the fucking throat oh, sort no. of... Well, no, he's not a grab by the game by the throat, but he'll, he's like a death... He's a Sam Mitchell type, death of a thousand cuts. He's like a more skillful Sam Mitchell. I mean... I agree with that, but I don't know if he has the killer instinct that Sam Mitchell has. You know, Sam Mitchell has that thing of a guy who didn't get drafted, yeah. of a guy who's had to fucking slit some throats on the way fucking up the picking chain. the best it. defender you know in, the, in the AFL. Oh, yeah, Rance. Yeah. But is he having a year off to go and be a missionary or something? What? <laughs> During the last is year. Gina Reinhardt what... gave the club 500 million. Yeah, Richmond would have loved that. They were like, oh, Rance already wants to have a year off to be a missionary or whatever. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was going to have a year off. cat. Yeah, well, he's a marches to the beat of his own drum. Yeah, definitely. Very Richmond. <laughs> uh, the Mighty Saints. What, what you, is well, your vibe on the Saints? I mean, I, your overall vibe. I don't know a lot about them. I feel like... It, there, you, you know the, the failures and the disgraces and the. No, I mean now. Right. I don't know a lot of. Uh, no, over the years I've known heaps well, that's about what I mean, them. Though, but what's your vibe of them historically? Oh, man, well, I love the Lockett era. Like, I mean, for me, like, you know, any footy fan who was just like, if you're going to go on a day when, as long as you're not playing against Lockett, like, of course, that's, I mean, that it was. It was a once in a generation player. But there was a couple of great, like, I mean, players around that era that I loved, you Wimmer. know. And also, yeah, Wimmer. What if, I mean, Wimmer come played at Bulldogs. People don't remember that, but like. I don't. It was like, he was one of the all-time great fucking players, and Stewie Lowe with his fucking egg hands. <laughs> That's what we should have called the podcast, Egg, egg Hands. hands. <laughs> Buckets. Yeah, I mean, like, I had a lot of affection to that era, St Kilda. Um, and, uh, and he, there's a lot of Bulldogs footers I know who have ill will because of 2009. That, I mean... That prelim where uh, Revolt got bumped by... Brian Lake, serial killer Brian Lake. Yeah. Well, Brian Lake's... Man. He was told, though. Brian Lake was told, no off-the-ball shenanigans, and he right. bumped him, and Revolt was not ready for it. He did go down. And Brian Lake, just for the record, was uh, massive around that time in off-the-ball shenanigans. <laughs> that was pretty much his specialty, was off-the-ball shenanigans before he went to Hawthorne for the last three years and won and three Norm flags. Smith. Shut the fuck up. Norm Smith and three flags. Fuck anyway, just at the hell. end. Hang just, on, he, he has not played in three flags. Yeah, three. Last three, didn't he? No, I think it's two. No, because he won the Norm Smith in the first one, and then he's, there's been two since. So I reckon Brian. he's won three. <laughs> yeah, Brian Lake. Are you fucking kidding I me? I believe so. Uh, here I, I am may be wrong. I mean, like, but I, I believe he's won three. out of the three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fucking hell. I just, I, I thought that maybe... Because he won it the first year, and then he, remember, he almost won it again the second year? Yeah. Like, he was, like, second or third in the voting, and then this year he was, like, you know... Is he playing Ferrisenden? I mean, they. Uh, I, I was. They approached him apparently, or like there was rumours that approached him. But I heard him on the radio. Too scared. Too scared. No, apparently he said in his own words that uh, if he'd known there was a possibility, kind of was like the idea. But uh, he'd had a pretty decent off season. Oh, did he really <laughs> say that? Amazing. Yeah, he was like, "There's no way that I could legally get him back into shape." Like, literally, there's, like... Like, he's one of those guys who just immediately was like, I'm pulling the ripcord. Ripcord was ripcord was pulled at halftime in the grand final. Okay, let's move on. The yep. Sydney Swans. Now, my vibe on the Swans is I used to like them. Yeah, me too. But there's something about the Bondi billionaire era that is just taking the shine off of Are you saying you liked them more when it was no dickheads policy? And yeah. Now, yeah. You feel like there's some the dickheads that have slipped through the dick, no know. dickhead net? I, 
See, I still like him as a club yeah, me too. and as, as a team. I reckon but, they're a pretty good football team. But, and I love the way that they actually changed their style. And to the 2012 grand final, in my mind, is one of the great grand finals of all time. All the lead changes, but just the sheer fucking like uh, guts and you know uh, Adam Good's kicking the seal, well, not the seal, but the mean, goal before the seal. Half a leg. Half a leg. Half a leg. He'd been playing since like quarter time with like a cruciate like or whatever it was. Like something that normally takes you six weeks to recover from and he yeah. just played the rest of the game. Crazy. So maybe that maybe, <laughs> maybe that is impossible to overcome. Like that was such an amazing like any club would be proud of that victory. Yeah. And so where do you go from there? I just I don't know. Like I mean I love watching Buddy I mean watching Buddy is perfectly designed for the SCG because he can literally yeah. kick a goal from the middle of the ground. And I've seen him do it live. Like he literally wheels into that yeah. left and just fucking dobs it. It's incredible to watch. Uh, but I'm just a bit off. Mate, he's flying. Pre having a great preseason. Yeah. Flying. Never yeah. been in better shape. Yeah. Probably. Training the training the house training down. Training the house down. Probably play a bit in the midfield. Uh but uh, look, I like him. I like the Swans. What a great story. They were, I mean, if you're old as as we are, you'll remember when they were fucking like, they were a joke. When Ron Barassi came up here to try and stir up some interest, Ron Barassi was fucking 97 years old when he came I'll up tell, here. I'll tell you, I, I used to love the Swans. And the, I mean, the Kappa era, I loved because I think they used to play, did they play on Sundays? Was the Swans on Sundays? Like, was like that the, the, I seem to have a memory of that. Yeah, I think for a while they were like the, the Sunday, Sunday game Swans. that you kind of saw. And... I remember just watching a lot of it, but that's when Jared Healy and like uh, yeah, you know those guys were David playing. Murphy and was Greg a, Williams, right? That was a really fucking good era, yeah, and they, era. I mean, that midfield. Like, if you're talking about great midfields, yeah. like that was a there was some fucking jet players playing for the Sydney Swans at that time, yeah. and some great players. Ron Carter, tilt the tilt. <laughs> I loved, I loved the tilt. It was like that's an odd affectation, right? <laughs> I, I have not seen it before or since. No. <laughs> Right. There's never been like a Another tilt, tilt. two. <laughs> Son of tilt. Is it, did you not have a kid? Was there not like a T two? Are you the T two? Uh, okay, we're down to the last right. two scenes. Okay, good. You might know. What time it. is it? Uh, it's uh, quarter past eight. So okay. one is up the next five minutes. Oh, yep. Um West Coast Eagles. Don't uh, like them. Respect them. Respect them. Don't like them. Don't like them. Never liked them. Got premierships no. too early for mine. They like. They feel to me. They feel like. They're like a fret house. They're like a. They're like the yeah. alpha beta fret house. Yeah. Well, like, they're the rich. They're the rich club. They're, everyone's a member. You know what? I'm surprised. They live in there, like though. this really beautiful place. My, they all take drugs and have sex with everybody. Like, and like beautiful because everyone like beautiful, in West Australia, West Australia is beautiful. beautiful. Like it's bizarre, and they own the town. Why, yeah. why wouldn't you hate them? I hate them because, you know what? I want to be They them. hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> they hate us because they ain't us? Yeah, they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> the West Weather West Coast. Uh, historically, I've never liked them. No, me neither. Now I don't West really Coast like Eagle them. West Coast Eagles. But they've got, you know, they've got good I've had, I mean, over the years, they've had some Jets. I mean, you I know, think the they've best got some thing good about watching the first three or four games of the season is seeing just how tanned... The West Coast oh, players are. The They've got to be the fucking most fucking tanned team in the AFL, right? Yeah. And a lot of, like, and you see, this the thing I love about the Western Australian teams, and I've never really worked out why this is, but a lot of, like, curly hair. A lot yeah, of, there's like always a, a, like a ring perm, one of those yeah, weird ring Yeah, there's always a, like a Pritis or it's a... always one of those guys fighting yeah. around a McManus. Frio as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nat Fife definitely Nat has Fife. some, like, like yeah. there's always some fucking surfy hair going on. All right, the last team is the Western Bulldogs. We kind of talked yeah, about them so before. Yeah, so we talked about that. But my impression of the Bulldogs, I have always liked the Bulldogs, but I've always seen them as being like, if it was high school, 
And St Kilda was the kind of like um, Scott Pilgrim in the class. Like uh-huh. he's the kind of hipster, lovable kind of loser kind of dude. Sure, that's true. The bulldog guy yeah. is just the angry, grunting, violent one who punches people in the nuts. I mean, I don't know if that's an unfair characterization. <laughs> we're, we're fucking Western suburbs, mate. And but you I think know, that's what people like about him. I mean, the era in which they came to my attention was obviously the Terry Wallace, Welcome to the Fucking Kennel. Yeah, you know, the year of the That dogs. was when, so I think, I can't remember who the journalist was, but someone wrote a great article in the final series of 97. Martin Flanagan. You know the article? I'm, we, I'm guessing. Oh, we, but he writes very well about the Bulldogs. So. And he wrote, it as, uh, um, uh, he wrote it as if he was writing about a boxing match. Okay. And he was talking about how this uh, boxer, the, the bulldog, this scrapper from the western suburbs, has been surprising everyone with his ticker and his grunt and, you know, blah, 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 and just for sheer hard work and application. But a new boxer's come on the scene called The Saint, and he seems to be winning the crowd's affection with his slick moves and blah, 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 blah. And so his, his whole article was like, where is this going to go in the finals? You've got one team that is just running on pure fucking just hard work and willing to win at all costs. Another team that has more natural talent, but maybe doesn't have the grunt. And so that image has always stuck in my head about the Bulldogs is there. That's kind of this pride in under, underdog, not right. intended underdog pride. No, no, but I mean, I think it's in some ways has been the thing that's held us back. Like we've, like we've taken, like getting successful enough has been like victories over the years because we've always been like, well, we're the underdog done well. But you know, it's time to fucking cast that aside. You've got to be the top dog. We've got to be the top dog. 2016. Uh, all right, we should finish because I've got to go and do a gig. So, um, well, that was the first. That was the first one. <laughs> yeah, that was longer than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, uh, I don't know where this is going to go up, but it's going to go up before no. the season proper. Yes. So we uh, uh, didn't. Well, I don't think we we're too topical. Not, no. I mean, there was a preseason wrap. Yeah, yeah. So when you hear this, is when you hear this. Is yeah. what we're saying. I don't okay. know. We have no sign off. I mean, by the time you've got to this point, us telling you when you're hearing it is probably. Like, you know what I mean? Like, unless you've immediately skipped to the end to see how it finishes. Maybe you're one of those people who reads the last page of the book first or whatever. Yeah. But, like, for the rest of you, you've you've worked it out. You've already listened to it. Okay. We'll tell you more details when we know more details. Yeah. I'm Charlie Clawson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Will Anderson. Thanks for listening. We are two guys, one and